you're going to have to find a way to really get yourself positioned. So when people know that you're calling or when people speak to you after you've called them, they don't regret picking up the phone. They're willing to talk to you. Now, you may not sell every one of these people, but guess what? You now have built a way to maybe get a referral from a person like that. Or they may call you down the line when things are a little bit easier for them and they can get that policy that you were looking to sell them or you know get through a timeshare that they were thinking about getting. Are you on the hunt for ways you can not only fit your sales goals, but become the top sales producer within your organization? Each week on this podcast, we are bringing on industry sales leaders to share the skill set and mindset needed to become a top sales producer. I'm Carlos Correa, and I want to welcome you to the Close More podcast sponsored by iSales CRM. Let's dive into today's conversation. All right, welcome to Close More. It's a weekly podcast sponsored by iSales CRM, where we reach out to sales professionals and leaders throughout the country, and we just talk sales. This week, I have a close friend of mine who happens to be one of the top producers in his industry, someone that I think as a really strong salesperson. He's also an eligible bachelor. He likes long walks on the beach. He puts, I personally watch him put a coat down over a puddle and let an old lady cross the street. Uh, he donates 80% of his income to charity. So ladies, if you're interested, Ham and Burkhart, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself, my man. <laughs> Ham and Burkhart, somewhat eligible bachelor. Um, yes, been, been working out of Florida all my life. Uh, best place to work out of, in my opinion, but sky's limit. But anyways, yes, I appreciate the compliments. Um, it's nice to be recognized for my work finally. But uh, yeah, I mean, I've worked in accounting. I got my degree in accounting and out of college, realized that was not for me. And thankfully, like most people that know what they're doing in life, I was able to kind of take a, a second look and realize my passion was in sales. So I'm glad we're doing this podcast today. Yeah, yeah. And you're, that's why you're one of the first people I thought of, just because we sat next together in a, in a bullpen for a while. We used to pick each other's brains a lot and just talk about different things we wanted to do. I just knew we were very like, like-minded in that sense, probably why we got along so well. Um, so definitely happy you're here and I value anything you say, not to make your head uh, any bigger than it already is. Just kidding. I'm just kidding. But um, yeah, man, totally value you as a salesperson. You're a smart guy. And I know that one of the things that you're big on is like life and work balance, right? Like you, you like to work hard, but you like to play hard too. And you don't like like me being chained to a desk all day. So I know one of the things that before we got on here that you said you'd like to talk about is working towards a career and not working for a job or maybe the separation. So I'll let you kind of elaborate on that a little bit, uh, if you don't mind. The thing about sales is that people think of it as just a type of job, but it's not. Sales is literally, to my opinion, is literally a mindset. When you work in sales, you have to have the ability to do multiple things. You have to be able to relate to the person you're speaking to. You have to be able to understand where they're coming from. And you have to be able to put those two things together. And there's a number of jobs that already do that type of thing. But when you work in sales, that is implemented in so many different industries. When it comes down to it, you also want to be able to put things together where it's it's got to be a mindset. When people work in sales and they don't do well, I think it's because they think they're not cut out for it or they think the job is not great or maybe the leads are bad. 
or maybe they're just not in the right industry. And those things can possibly be true. But too many people give up because they think it's a job. They don't think of it as their career. They don't think of it as their baby, which right. at the end of the day, that's important, man. I mean, you got to be able to look at what is important to you and you have to be able to put those things together. And I feel like that's made me successful in my career just because when I've always looked at sales, I've always thought of it as more of just a job. And it keeps the keeps the lifeblood going. You wake up in the morning and you could be having a bad day, but if you close a deal or two and you change someone's life or leave them better off than where they were when you started, it's gonna change your whole mentality. Yeah. Yeah. And is that what you think is like your driving force within sales? And is that like the separation? Is that the barrier between like just a job and a career? So when people look at sales as just a job, I feel like this is how they look at it. They wake up in the morning, they have their coffee, they drive on their way to their job. They try to write sales, write business, make money, and then just go home. And that's it. They wake up the next day and do the same thing all over again. Yeah. When you look at it as a career, I believe you have more of a passion to not just what you're doing today, but what you'll be doing into the future. And I, when that stimulates your mind to wake up and, and seize the day, whether you're having a bad day or a good day or just a mediocre day, you have a mission. And that mission is to just grow, grow as much as you can, network, create opportunities for yourself and create opportunities for your partners, your friends, your, your family. And when you look at sales as a career, as opposed to a job, that is what allows you to expand. That's how people that start success in some other industries move on to other places and find success as well. It's not often that you can do something like that. And when you've differentiated the difference between just it being a job where you can just do well and write business and making it a career, that is what makes that upper echelon of people. I mean, you got people that write great sales and or write great business and do well in sales, but then they see the person like above that, like, how do they do that? How do they, how do they find a different way, a different method, a more creative way, or just how do they reach that, that extra like level? And it's people that, that treat it like it's a career because they know that this is what they need to do. This is where they need to be. And it just keeps, it just keeps everything moving forward always. Yeah. And, and that's a great point that you bring up. That's something that I think every salesperson that's gone through like the grind, kind of like you hit that wall where you start something new and then you're like super stoked about it at first. And then it, if you're not like truly passionate about it, it turns into a job, which without going into detail, it's kind of the situation you were, I were in at, at some point. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's like what the people, the, the difference between the ones who move on and become successful versus the ones that kind of, stay stuck in the rat race, I guess you can call it, are the ones that realize like, I need that separation, like I need that passion. So like, that's a big part, you know, from what you just said, you know, that where you need to wake up and realize like you're doing this for more than just a job, you know, it's a career and it's going to do more than just pay your bills, you know, it'll open up other opportunities, not just for yourself, but for your family as well. So that's like, that's a really good point. When that happened, like when that when you, I'm sure, you know that because you experienced that. Uh, you don't have to get into too many details, but when that like occurred to you, like, did you remember? Did you have like an aha moment where it was like, I'm going to a job every day. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Do you remember like that day or that time frame? And like, what was that like for you? Like, was it scary? Like, how did that whole transition of mindset work out for you? Um, 
I'm an emotional person, man. So when people give me an opportunity to make money and change my life, I usually buy in. You know, yeah. I usually try to be smart about it, but I buy in. And what happened? I call this the dog days of sales when we were working together in those those uh, those shoe boxes. I guess we were working <laughs> on uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, at least we had a little bit of a window out there. But <laughs> um, and it was tough to to come to terms with you know just coming into a place where you think you're your own business owner, but you're not, you know, and that's, that's the thing some people don't get a chance to realize. They don't have the, they don't have the luxury of, of, of seeing sometimes the truth. And that's the thing, you know, like you got, you got too many companies out there that don't give people the opportunity to, to expand. And that's what, that was the aha moment. That's where the first topic we started talking about here, where you have to make the differentiation between the job and the career is that, that last place that we were at, you know, which we will not mention just for their, you know, privacy and sanctity, at least at this point, is the <laughs> fact that, you know, you think you're your own business owner, but when you're being told what to do, when to do it, how to do it, and, and even what to wear, that's not a, that's, you're not your own business owner, man. You're just not, you know, right. it's not always about flashy things and, 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 and flaunting on Instagram. It's about, being able to create an opportunity and feeling good about what you're doing. Sales is emotional. That's why I feel like it, it vibes well with what I do. When I write, when I write a sale or when I, when I close a deal on something, I feel good, you know, and yeah. I want to keep that good feeling going and I want to keep, I want to keep progressing. But, you know, when you get restrictions out there, there's industries out there, primarily in the insurance field, which is where, I, where my focus is, you know, you don't want to be restricted on what you can and can't do. And that's where, you know, things like captive agencies come in. You want to work for a company where you have the freedom to move about and do what you need to do. You get great structure. You get good people that want to help you. And man, once, once you, once you find a, a company like a, an IMO that, that really helps out and, and, and gives you the pathway, but still lets you do your own thing, that's where you start to progress and really blossom as a salesman or saleswoman. Yeah. Yeah. No, for sure. And, um, that's that's huge, man, and that's that's something that I think a lot of like the younger salespeople need to hear because you you definitely drink the Kool Aid, right? And I think like a big sales tactic for a lot of sales jobs is they show you how much people are making, right? And I remember that's how I got sold on like one of my first sales jobs is the guy was showing me all these checks, right, that everybody was making in the office. I go home, I tell my sister about it, my buddy about it, and I'm like, man, like you know these guys are going in there, they're making five hundred grand their first year. And you believe it because why would you not? You just saw it on paper. Um, but then you start doing it and you're like, okay, so there's like two guys that are doing that. So I think a good way to kind of translate what you were saying is just be smart, you know, about what you're going into and make sure that the dream is actually, you know, a real dream and not a nightmare, you know, so that that's huge, you know, kind of picking your battles and where you're going to go and where you're going to dictate all of your time. That's super important. Um, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, that was a good point to touch. Um, I'm going to just reference my notes here real quick, but continue, please. Yeah, sorry to interrupt. A lot of offices are very top heavy. You know, you get people at the top that are, you know, like I said, flexing on Instagram, showing off nice cars, showing, you know, their uh, Friday meetings or their, you know, pouring champagne and stuff like that. You got a lot of the people there that are just, you know, posting these videos and you're seeing this stuff. And you're like, wow, I want to look for a company like that. You know, it looks like they're doing really well. Everyone's making money, driving nice cars and, and doing all this other stuff. And that's fine. That's, you should be able to enjoy your, your spending, but that's not, that's not always the case, man. It really comes down to consistency. You know, 
Consistency yeah. is where you can gauge a level of success that is real. You know, what, there's some companies out there, they'll give you all the tools you need at the very beginning. And then once you have established your seat there and you are, you feel like you're committed, they will drop the support. They will drop some form of, of, you know, lead funding, whether it be that or whether it be just being able to provide uh, enough for the people that are there. And they'll just overstaff themselves, add a ton of agents. I mean, there's a lot of different ways, but it's really going to come down to consistency. If, if, if there's, if I were to give advice to a person that's looking to get into sales for the first time, I would say, Judge the level of happiness of their longest tenured agent. And I'm not talking about an agent that became a manager who now is getting overrides off of their agent. So I'm talking about the person that's been there the longest and has, has, has been considered a staple of that company. And if yeah. you see that person doing well and you see them doing it on a consistent basis, then you know that they're still taking care of the people that are, are really the foundation of their business. And that's what's important. It shouldn't be a revolving door. And there's a lot of sales jobs that are, you know, but if you find some, if you find consistency in a place that like sales, which is really the hardest part about it is consistency, then you know that you found a reasonable company that you can work with, not work for. Yeah. And that's, that's really valuable information for people looking at, because right now, like the sales industry, in, in my opinion, at least is one of the easiest industries to get into right now with COVID going on, because there's so many different types of sales that are out, sales positions that are out there. They can be in a bunch of different types of like, you know, niche industries, but most of them can be done from home. A lot of things are done online and stuff now. So that's kind of going to be a little more difficult to gauge, you know, as far as what type of support you're going to have. So I think it's even more important now to really find out what you're going to do before you get yourself into it. And that's something that I think a lot of people in sales need to know because I've seen it all, man. I mean, you know, you know, we've talked a lot and I've, you know, now I'm director of sales for a software company. I've ran teams of insurance agents. I've done consulting. And like the one common thing that I see in a lot of offices is there's such lack of transparency with their salespeople. And that's because they're being sold, you know, from the people above. So I think the point that you're making now is just really, really key. Just be careful, you know, um, it's not to scare anybody, but, you know, you could end up losing a year or two of your life. And by the end of the two years is when you finally realize like, man, I was sold. So that's pretty big. Uh, consistency is crucial. Obviously, you want to see the graph. You want to make sure that it's not just going like this and then drops. You want to see the little ups and downs. You want to see what people are actually doing. So that's pretty cool um, that you mentioned that. Now, I know that you're big. You're... you're hilarious on the phone, by the way. I, I sat next to just adjusting the volume here, but I sat next to him and, and just the, the way that he would engage with clients um, was hilarious to me. You know, he, he somebody would answer the phone. I one of I still think of it sometimes and laugh like sometimes people would call and he would say, Hey, John, how the hell are you? You know, <laughs> and they would crack me up every time because he would say it so like smooth um, and people would be receptive to it and they would they would they would talk to him. But um, I know that you have no problem with client engagement, but you mentioned setting yourself apart with client engagement. So what are some tips um, that you would give rookies, vets, anybody that's in the sales world to just set themselves apart through that in type of engagement? What do you uh, what do you recommend or what what type of advice do you have? Personality is huge. I'm a colorful guy. I try to stay with <laughs> the lines when it comes to, you know, getting certain things taken care of. But personality has to show through the phone, you know, 
And when I say funny things, like, how the hell are you? Or you know, <laughs> when I was doing the insurance, you know, the health insurance, I'd, they, I'd, they'd ask me how I was. And I'd be like, hey, it's Monday morning. And here we are talking about insurance. What could be better? You know? <laughs> yeah, I do remember that, actually. Yeah. That would be, that'd be a big one, too. I mean, there's ways you can get in client engagement by just simply being different. And you don't have to say the craziest thing. You just have to find something that kind of gets them going. Because that's the thing. If you're cold calling or if you're calling somebody out of the blue, or let's say you're calling a lead that's two months old, you're going to have to find a way to really get yourself positioned. So when people know that you're calling or when people speak to you after you've called them, they don't regret picking up the phone. They're willing to talk to you. Now, you may not sell every one of these people, but guess what? You now have built a way to maybe get a referral from a person like that. Or they may call you down the line when things are a little bit easier for them and they can get that policy that you were looking to sell them or, you know, get through a timeshare that they were thinking about getting. Something like that is easy to really accomplish when you have created a personal relationship with somebody. It could be as simple as just talking about some sports franchises that might be in the local area. Obviously, the weather is the old age uh, you know, rule of thumb. But at the end of the day, it's really about inflection of voice, man. I mean, I, I can honestly tell you, I'll crack jokes from the beginning to the end and then always find that happy medium in the middle where you can get a little serious with them. And as long as the conversation ends on a good note, they'll remember you now. Because if you ever call them again, I mean, how many times have you ever had called somebody, right? And you think you had a good rapport with them and you have an appointment to set up something and, and close like maybe later on that day or the next day after that and they don't ever pick up the phone again. Yeah. I think it's usually because you probably didn't build the type of rapport you thought you did or maybe they just don't remember your personality. I've had a situation, listen, it's not 100% foolproof, but I've had situations where people, you know, I call them up and I said, did you forget about me? I mean, did, did, did you don't love me no more? You know? <laughs> And they'll be like, oh, I still care, but I still love you. And they, they don't, I mean, but they still remember, you know, and that's the important thing. I mean, that it all comes down to putting your personality out there and then really just identifying what you're there to do. If they like you as a person, you've already, you've already, that's half the battle. You know, they already now enjoy talking to you. You got to, you know, use your personality. And, and if you don't got a personality, well, by, by, by all means, get one or at yeah. least mimic one if you can. Of which sure. I hope you do. If you're in sales, you better have some sort of personality. And then the second step would be just obviously, you know, listing out what you're there to do. That's really what because people are, you know, thinking of people call them all the time. Sometimes you just got to break things down for them. When you break things down for somebody, especially when it comes to insurance, when people don't understand what the hell you're talking about, then yeah. you break something down for them. They're going to feel a lot better because now they like you and now they know that you care about them understanding what is what's happening. And uh, that that's that's really what it comes down to. Yeah. And that's that's something like my brother-in-law is somebody who's taught me a lot about business uh, as like a teenager. He would always just randomly give me some blurts and stuff like that. And when you're that age, you kind of just like whatever. Right. But now I look back on it, you know, 15, 20 years later, and I'm like, man, that makes sense. And one thing that stuck with me throughout all of my, I've had many different sales positions, but the one thing that I've carried along with all of them is you would always tell me, if you can make somebody feel like they'll have a beer with you, or they'll go have lunch with you, you can sell them anything. Even if they don't want it, they'll buy from you just on principle because they like you, you know? So that's something that I've carried with me a lot. And, you know, we sat next to each other, we'd hear each other pitch and, Something I, I think you're better at it than I am. You're a little more charismatic when it comes to the, you know, the jokes and all that. But 
one thing we both had in common was we always found that like common ground with our clients to make it so that we could get past that first like 30 seconds of a call. So that's something that I used to tell people that I was training uh, through, whether as a manager or consulting, whatever, just get through the first 30 seconds. If you can keep them on the phone for 30 seconds, you've already got like 50% of the way there. You haven't gotten hung up on. And you do that by showing your personality, you know, standing out, being different. So very good point as well. Now, I know that you're an entrepreneur like me. We're always talking about different businesses and different uh, ventures and all that. I know right now, like right behind you, uh, you're working for a pretty good uh, or you're a partner with a, a life insurance company. How is it for you as like a leader versus just like a straight salesperson? It's like a different monster when you're in charge of, of other people's success. So like uh, maybe talk about a little bit of, of what it's like having a team and what do you do um, as far as you don't have to go, you know, talk a bunch about it, but how do you train them? How do you, uh, what type of culture do you have with your team? You know, what type of things do you do to guarantee their success? Talk about the hardest jump to ever make, right? Yeah. Going right? from person that is a salesman, work solely on commission. The only person you want to worry about is yourself. Get your own bread, get your own money, you know? Yeah. yeah. Get a nice car, get a nice watch. You're only concerned about yourself, usually when you're a salesman. Yeah, you, you want to take care of your family too as well. But when you're sitting in that office, you don't give it you don't give a damn about anybody else. Excuse my language. But <laughs> When you do take that next step, which is a tough one to do, I had to leave my last job to take that next step. I, I, I couldn't take that next step within the last place I was in because that was just not the right fit for me. So it was a scary move for me to do that. I was giving up a lot, not yeah. just money, but I was giving up reputation. I was giving up friends. I was giving up colleagues and I was giving up a lot of connections as well. But yeah, it's not easy. Yeah. Exactly, man. When you decide you want to be a leader, you decide you want to manage and, and actually create something that's bigger than yourself, that has to be one of the most difficult things you can ever do in life because you are sacrificing a lot, not just for yourself, but everyone around you. No matter, even people that you don't even know yet, you know, yeah. because mm -hmm. it always stems bigger than what you know. So it is definitely the hardest thing I've ever had to do, but it's definitely the most rewarding because I was going to say it's got to be rewarding though, you know? Yeah. I mean, why else do it? Right. I mean, why yeah. else put more responsibility on yourself when it comes down to it? It's funny. I was actually, if you, I was actually sending a text message the other day to a friend of mine who I was supposed to meet for a beer and I didn't because, and I, and I had been do not dodging, but I had been not been able to meet up with this person for the longest time. And I felt horrible, but the last agent that I had wasn't, wasn't, done working yet. And I had to stay late. I was, I was done with my day, but I had to be able to make sure that I was able to stick around, make sure that they were able to, to close the sale. And that meant a lot to them because, you know, at the end of the day, that's what you're there for. You're, the, when you help somebody else that, that works within your company, and then you're obviously ultimately helping them. You're helping their livelihood. You're helping their, their confidence. You're helping their career in the future. And you getting somewhat of a benefit back from that as it being your company, that's the cherry on top. You know, on the surface, it looks like all I do is managing sales, but there's also evaluation of leads, managing, you know, self-employed individuals, which is by God, the hardest thing to do when you have to manage people that are self-employed, but there's a way to do it. There is a way to yeah. do it. And then obviously working with insurance carriers to get, make sure compensation and contracting is on point. You know, you also have to focus on retention, keeping your clients on the books. You have to also focus on the CRM. 
iSales being one of them. Gotta love iSales. And obviously, you <laughs> want to be plug. Thanks. You got to make sure you're running at optimal capacity. And then obviously, <laughs> hiring and training. And if I gotta be honest with you, hiring and training is my least favorite, just because at the end of the day, you got You hear everyone's story, man. Everyone's story. Everyone's got one on why they're sitting right in front of you asking for a job, but. Mm-hmm. The important thing is, is that it, it really comes down to just thinking more about yourself. That's why the company, uh, the wrong way, it's called family. Yeah. First. It's always first family. When you think about the family first, you think about more than just yourself. And when you're able to do that, you are, you ultimately are able to grow more than you ever could have thought. Because if when you only focus on yourself, you're only going to be going in that one direction. But if you can widen it a little bit, that's when you create just levels of success that you'll never even know that you could have had. Yeah. And just as we talk, and I'm just like thinking of all these thoughts, like it it seems to me, and I've had other interviews. And one thing that I've noticed is similar amongst all of them is sales is, is, is definitely like an art, you know, and people think of it as like this grunt job that any uneducated fool that's got a slick mouth can, can do. But there's so much that goes into it, um, especially just talking about the point you just did. Having a team, you know, maybe you don't really feel like listening about the problems they have at home, but you kind of have to because they're counting on you to teach them and to get them through their day and all that. So, yeah, it's it's huge. There's so many different aspects of it, you know, being consistent, having the right mindset, making sure you're with the right company, um, you know, all of the things you just said from a from a leadership standpoint. So there's so many different things that it's definitely mentally grueling. It's, it's, it's a tough job, but it's also one of the most rewarding. Um, you know, there's no other place where you can go work other than sales where your income is totally based on you. You, know, you make your own paychecks, literally, you know? So that's a lot of good information that I think anybody who's new or that's been in for a while, you got to start shifting your mindset at some point. It's not all just about sitting on the phones 12 hours a day and getting deals. Yeah, it's a good way to learn. It's a good way to get started. It's also a good way to burn yourself out. It's also a good way for you to start hating sales. And it's also a good way to make sure that you don't grow. So definitely got to constantly evolve, make sure that you're there, that your head's in the game and that your heart's in the right place too. So that's all good stuff, man. Let's get a plug out there for you. If anybody you know, it would be interested in working with you and learning from you or working for family first, you know, how would they reach you? You know, maybe an email, a phone number, um, and maybe where you're located. Yeah. So we're located in the heart of South Florida. We are in Boca Raton and we are, are actually in the East too as well, right? You're federal. Wind is blowing. I got palm trees. You can't tell, but there's windows on both sides of <laughs> here. For the viewers that are watching, the area he's describing is literally probably three miles from the beach. Lots of cool places to eat and stuff like that. So definitely a prime location for the people uh, that haven't been to South Florida. As amazing as the area is and how many nice restaurants there are, I always end up back in Chipotle. So if you want to talk about plugs. <laughs> no. So anyway, but yeah, man, the, the, the office has been growing. I mean, the beauty about the, what I'm doing now to compare with before is that the people that I'm able to work with and hire, they can work from home. They can become completely independent as far as contracting, what they get paid. How They can actually bring on people themselves and make an override without actually having to get promoted to being a manager like most wow. jobs require you to do. And that's huge yeah. because yeah. you're now able to build a team of even friends and family and you're actually able to make money and it's a real product. It's a real service. It's insurance. It's definitely 
something that everybody needs to have. So that's a fact for that. Now, as far as everything else goes, um, I can honestly say that we have been growing at probably a little bit quicker than I expected to just because, listen, open enrollment's over, man. Health insurance, all these health insurance agents out there that are, are not right in the right business and the right product. You may be making money now, but come March, you got to be careful, man, because once some of that business starts dropping off, you have to be able to make sure you can supplant that. So make sure you're working for the right company and selling the right product, number one. But if that does, if you're not working for the right company, come on in. Because the last place that I worked at, they are calling my phone and I'm trying to <laughs> Good man, I don't like to steal my uh, I don't like to steal my friends, uh, you know, girlfriends or anything like that. So it's more about just uh, you know trying to find a healthy way to do that. But no, honestly, if if you really want to take the next step, if you really feel like you have a lot to offer and you feel like you might not be in the best position, come in, come and talk to me. I'm at I'm at yeah. a desk with seven seats right now, and I'm more than happy to sit sit down with you, talk about what you want to do, where you want to be in life make money, but also build a budding business that you can expand and grow. My phone number is listed um, as 561-699-9453, but I prefer you email me at enroll at ushealthadvisory.net. And you can also visit our website too as well, which we'll list at the bottom of the link here too also. Yeah, we'll add you know an email for him, his website on the bottom of the podcast so that you can check him out as well. Hammond's the man. Besides being one of the best salespeople I know, he's genuinely a good guy. Head's always in the right place. And I definitely think um, anyone that goes his way is going to learn a lot. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this, man. Um, you've been promising me a tomahawk steak and uh, wine for like six months now. So I feel like that's a tr new trend with friends of mine. They just l lure me on with a fake promise for a guy's night out. So maybe we can make that happen soon. Um, well, baby, let's go. Let's do it. Right. Cool, <laughs> man. Well, again, I appreciate you being on and, uh, yeah. Uh, if anybody wants to reach out to him, information will be under the podcast here, but this will wrap it up for this week's episode of close more. Hopefully everybody learned a lot today. I know I did, and we'll be back with some, uh, more sales stuff for you guys. So Hammond, thank you, brother. And we'll talk soon. All right. Anytime. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks so much for listening to the Close More podcast. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut on the podcast? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and do three simple things. Leave a rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. In that review, ask me anything you want related to your industry or to yourself. And if you want a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name. That's all. Then listen in to hear your question answered live, raw, and uncut. Join us next time on the Close More podcast sponsored by iSales CRM. Everyone have a great day.